You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. This week on Tech Fan, there's no Tim, there's no Owen, and there's no solo show. I get a guest who has a slightly different perspective on tech. It's Tech Fan 202. Everyone, this is Tech Fan number two hundred and two, I believe. Um, recording slightly later than normal this week. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as Tim mentioned last week, he's not available. He was travelling um, and uh, tried to get sorted out with Owen, but he wasn't available either because uh, because daylight savings time. Uh, Alexander, what do you think of daylight savings time? Do you know about that? No. You know how we change the hours? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, the person I wanted to record with is in California. That's Owen. Mm-hmm. And because the time zones have changed, that means that at the moment there's only seven hours between California and here, which means that when we normally record on a Friday afternoon here in the UK, um, Owen was travelling to work, so he couldn't be here. So, you said you'd step in, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yes, I am joined by Alexander. Alexander is my son. And uh, he's been wanting to do a podcast with me for some time. So I thought, given the opportunity here that I was either going to have to do a show on my own or have him as a guest, I thought I'd much rather have him as a guest. So say hello, Alexander. Hello. So um, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm 12 years old. Yeah. Um, and I live in Manchester. Yeah. In Whitefield. And... What I want to talk about today is iOS and Apple Incorporation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I want to start on is the App Store. You want to talk about the App Store? Yeah. You like iOS apps quite a lot, don't you? Mm-hmm. So what devices do you have that, I you, play, that you play? Uh, you use iOS apps on? Um, I have give, been given a iPad 2 with... Better, better resolution. So it's an iPad three. Actually, iPad three. Yeah, that has the. Do you know it's called a Retina screen? Retina display. Yeah. Do you know why they call it a Retina display? No. So the idea is, is that you can't. The, the dots are so close together you can't see them. So that's why they say Retina. It's like Retina, like in the back of your eye. And what else do you have? Um, I I was given at round about Christmas time. My dad gave me his whole his old phone, and. Uh, isn't it an iPhone 5? It's an iPhone 5, you're right. Yeah. Yep. Also with the Retina display. Also with the Retina yeah. display. I have the the iPod Nano, which is the smallest one yet. Very, very lightweight. Yeah. It includes a music app, videos, photos, a fitness app, which can also be used as like a Fitbit, where you can count your steps in a day or set a workout to run with. Mm. Uh huh. You um, like that sort of function. Yeah, but yeah. the only problem there's only, there's a little bit of a letdown when you're using that fitness function during the day when you're out. It really drains the battery life, and once the battery goes, it doesn't track you anymore. Okay, so I found out something recently. 
uh, to do with the Fitbit, because you know I have a Fitbit. Mm -hmm. I have a little Fitbit One tracker. Yeah, that little tiny one. With mm -hmm. uh, So uh, anybody who's not seen the Fitbit line, they do several types of tracking. And they start doing these, the, first of all, these little kind of, um, they're about the size of a USB drive, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, with a screen on. Uh, and the idea was that you put them in a, in a, a little clip and clip it to your belt, or um, if you're a lady, you might clip it inside your clothes and on your bra strap or something, uh, and it would track your your steps as you go through the day. And it has Bluetooth on it, so it syncs to a, a Bluetooth app on your phone, on your iPhone, uh, and then it syncs to a cloud service as well. So I've been using this thing for some time mm -hmm. uh, and using for my steps, but a few a few months ago it stopped working, wouldn't charge anymore. Um. Yeah. The the fitness app yeah. on the iPod Nano. I like the fact that the fact it's it's got a mode where it offers like a Nike and a heart tracker. Yeah. I go upstairs and get it. No, you don't need to get it. What? You don't need, we can talk about it. You don't need to have yeah. it with you. What I you know, this is a podcast, so nobody can see us. They can just hear what we're saying. So the best thing is you describe it. Yeah. Um. It's like. You have to buy it beforehand, and then you can like link it up to the iPod, so you ah, can. Ah, uh -huh. yeah. So this is a bit like a Fitbit. It's a thing that you can buy that talks to the iPod, mm -hmm. and it's like um, a step tracker as well. I think the Nike one, you could buy a special shoe, where it actually went into the sole of the shoe. Yeah, that's what it is. That's like. right. Yeah. So, so what I found with my Fitbit, I tried everything I could to get it working again. I went on the website and looked at all the instructions. Uh, and basically nothing I did would work, make it work. It was completely dead. It wouldn't come on at all, no matter how long I charged it for. So anyway, this week I, I emailed Fitbit, and I um, explained the situation to them. You know what they did? What? They sent me a new one. And it's right on the table right next it's to us. It's right on the table right next to us, yes. I've not even opened it up yet from the box. So they sent me a, one. They sent me a brand new one. Now, I was a bit surprised by that because um, I have actually had this for over a year, so it's out of warranty now. So I was very impressed with that. So I wanted to mention it here on the show to say that um, a couple of things about it. First of all, that, yeah, great customer service from Fitbit. I think that's very good of a company who knows you rely on one of their products if you have a problem with it, even if legally they could turn around and say, well, you've had it for more than 12 months, so sorry, you'll have to buy a new one. They actually stand by their product and say, we'll replace it for you. Don't you think that's quite good? Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I found... While my Fitbit wasn't working, and this goes back to what you've just been saying, I'd never really take notice of this of this facility before, but the latest iPhones, they actually have a thing called a motion coprocessor in them, which means they work just like a Fitbit does. But, and here's the important thing, unlike your iPod Nano, the coprocessor is designed to do that fitness tracking without using a lot of battery. So, in fact, I found out on my phone when I looked at it, it was always turned on. I just wasn't actually capturing any data from it. So I went into the Fitbit app on my phone, and it uh, you were able to configure it so it would use the phone's internal tracker instead of using the Fitbit. So mm -hmm. I've been able to keep my Fitbit data going just by using my phone. So that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So. Um, I'd like to say about the iPod, I yeah. don't know if the Fitbit can do this, but I like when you set it to walk, you can actually set a daily goal for your sets, mm. for your steps. And also on the run, 
you can it it's it's got like four different types i think it's got a calorie burner which it tells you how many calories you're burning distance normal and custom the thing i like about custom is that you can like set it 10k 20k marathon half yeah. marathon or custom look so i did it once and i took my ipod nano put it in my front pocket with some headphones and i listened to some, some music and i did a small run mm. and while i did that run i managed to burn off 30 calories and to run about at least two and a half kilometers wow that's a which, long way which is quite a little bit yeah. but it was it was walking and running in yeah. short different streets so there was an interesting story in the news this week because you know that apple's got the watch coming yep uh, and the Apple Watch, one of the things that they think it's going to be really good for is for tracking your fitness. Because it has, on the back of the watch, where it goes against your wrist. So look at my watch here. So it has the front face that's going to be the screen. On the back, it has these four little dots that are sensors. Mm. And what they're going to be able to do is detect your heart rate. Yeah, And also, um, they'll be used to detect when you've got the watch on. So that uh, certain things, like there's a payment function the watch called Apple Pay. You're going to be able to hold the watch up to um, a till and get it to pay for your, use it to pay, instead of your credit card, to pay for your stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But they, you don't want to do that if somebody's taking the watch off you and they've stolen it. So it detects whether it's on your skin. And if it's not on your skin, it locks itself straight away. And it also uses less battery when it's not on your skin, right? So it has these sensors that are going to be in there for... for um, health monitoring and one of the things they showed this week they had a video where they'd had a top secret lab at apple where they had all these people have been doing all sorts of different fitness using all the latest technology for measuring how many calories they were using how much air they would how much air they were consuming how much oxygen they were consuming when they were doing all these different activities to allow apple to calibrate the watch so that it knows, depending on what you're doing, how many calories you're going to be using, what your heart rate should be and everything, to try and make the data on it more accurate. Because the problem is, when your iPod Nano tells mm -hmm. you you use 30 calories, all it's done is it's looked at how much how much exercise it thinks you've done, and it's, it's made an estimate. But it, when you're using it, it doesn't know that you're a 12-year-old boy, does it? Mm -hmm. Just in the same way that if I had took your iPod Nano and used it the same way, it wouldn't know that I'm a 44-year-old man. And yet I bet I burn calories at a different rate than you do. So um, that's why Apple's done all that work, to try and make sure that you can get accurate data out of the watch. So I think in the future it would be quite interesting. But I'm, I'm interested to hear that you kind of get some value out of those functions. Because that's not... Most kids will be just thinking about the uh, the music, the games, not not the uh, not the health things of it. So, is that something you'd like to continue to do? Is to have health trackers and see how active you are? Well, it's not a, it's not the only thing. They could improve on a lot more different things. I'd like to ask: Does if when you have an Apple Watch, can you sync it into the Find My iPhone and the Devices app? Does it actually have a sensor that will play a sound, it will lock it down, it will delete it? Ah, well, I don't... The, the, this version of the watch, you have to have it with a phone. So you have to have an iPhone to use it. 
That's why so, in the new um, iOS 8, yeah. iOS update, they've actually put in the iWatch app. You spotted that, didn't you, uh-huh. when, when, when you got the update on your devices? But it, so actually, I, it actually had, I looked at it on my phone when I updated it, yeah. and it actually came with a couple of videos about the different watches, the gold one, the iron one. It had a couple of different videos explaining about how they're made and how they work. They were quite interesting, those videos, weren't they? Uh I watched them all. Yeah. So they they use a lot of very heavy technology to actually make those watches. So, okay. Yeah, you saw that the... um, To answer your question, you saw that the, the watch needs an app on the phone to sync it. So this version of the watch can't communicate very well without having a phone to talk to and most of the applications on the watch are basically projections of stuff that's on the phone so they watch in the phone are talking to each other all the time so I, I don't I, we don't know at this point because the watch isn't out for a few weeks yet but I would imagine find my watch might be a little bit difficult to work if it's not talking to your phone so it would have to be find my phone and is my watch near my phone I don't know we'll have to wait and see I think later versions of the watch probably as they develop it will probably be able to talk to the mobile networks directly and then having find my uh, having find my um, find my watch would be more useful well yeah. that's the thing you could actually sync it into the find my iPhone because if it's not there when it, as soon as it comes out, if imagine this happening, you buy a watch from the shop, you take it home, then you go out one day and it gets stolen. Yeah. So you want to when you get home, if you have other devices like an iPhone or an iPad, you can go on to find my iPhone, then actually find pinpoint its location right. and you? lock it and lock yeah. and put it onto lost so, mode or so even play a sound. I would imagine with the Apple Watch that if you take it off your wrist, it's going to lock. Because I was telling you about those sensors, yeah? So I think if you take it off your wrist, it will basically go blank and it won't work. And the first time you then put it on your wrist, if it's your wrist or the person who's stolen it, it's going to ask you to unlock it. Using Touch ID or something like that. Or perhaps you'll have to unlock your phone and reauthorize it. I don't know quite how it's going to work. So if you're not able to do that because you haven't got your phone because you've stolen the watch and you haven't got the phone, then basically I don't think the watch is going to be much use to you. Yeah, I don't, we don't know at this point, because it's not come out yet, how easy it is to take a watch that's in that state and basically reset it so it's, so it's like from, from scratch and then pair it with another phone. So, however, that does raise an interesting point to me, though. What happens if somebody mugs you and they steals your phone and your watch? Does that mean they've got the functionality of both of them? Well... You know? Presumably your phone would well, still your remain phone locked. Well, w- your phone would still be linked to find my iPhone or iPad. You're right, that's yeah? a good point. And then, because, really, if you have an iPhone and, uh, and an iPad, you wouldn't necessarily take your iPad out with you because no. it's quite big and bulky. Yeah. Unless they had a handheld version, but that's basically the iPhone. Well, they've got the iPad mini. Some people carry their iPad minis with them. Yeah. You know? And sometimes but, when I travel on business, I take my iPad with me. You know, it's a long trip or something, I'll take it with me. Yeah, but I wouldn't imagine that. And I think as soon as you buy one, it's programmed with Find My iPhone. And then as soon as you buy it, you make sure you pair your devices. What your devices are paired and and you're also logged into Find My iPhone. Because I I had my um, 
because I couldn't find my iPhone one day yeah. and uh, looked on find my iPad and looked on here on my iPad which I have at the table with me. I looked on find my iPhone, but if you if you're not currently logged in to find my iPhone, you can't actually find its location. You can only pl- play the sound, put it into lost mode, make it play a sound, or put it into lost mode, can't you? So here's the things with the here's the thing with the watch. What I'm hoping they have, right? Uh, there's two things I want from that. First of all, if you take your watch off and put it down somewhere, it would be nice if if your iPhone is within Wi-Fi range of it, so it'd be able to make the watch make a loud noise, just like that the phone the phone does if you use Find My iPhone, so you can find your watch. Some people take their watch off when they're doing the washing up, or maybe they're going to go in the shower and then they forget to pick it up again. Particularly, maybe not if you're at home, but if you're like at the gym. You might do that, mightn't you? You might take your watch off and put it down and forget to pick it up again. So being able to have it play a sound so you can find it would be useful. And here's the other thing that I would find very useful, because let me tell you what happens to me. And this happens to my colleagues at work all the time as well. We drive to work and we drive into the multi-storey car park where our office is. And you've seen on my car, I've got my phone in that cradle. Yeah. Uh, So I have my phone in a cradle up by the windscreen. I'm listening to a podcast or something. And I, I get out the car... When I parked up, and I, um, you know, so I, I turn the engine off and I open up the door and then I gather up the stuff I need. I have to remember to take my pass in, which I need to get to the car park. I have like a, a card that opens up the gates to the car park, but that same card also lets me into the office, so I need to have that with me. So I have to remember to take that, and then I might, you know, um, put my glasses away or something like this. And then while I've done the pass, I get out the car. Go to the boot, pull my bag out, go and walk in the office. And I get out to the office and I sit down and I think, where's my phone? I realise I've left it in that cradle in the car. And I have to go back and get it again. So what I would like is for my watch to recognise when it's not near my phone. Because the watch is tied to the phone. It uses the phone for all its, for a lot of its functionality. So I want my watch to tap me or send me a message on my thing saying, I'm out of range of your phone. So I'll know before I get all the way up into the office that I've left my phone in the car. Because that'd be really useful, and I think that's what a lot of these, a lot of the functions we're going to find in the Apple Watch are is lots of little things that are going to make it useful to have. Okay, I'd like to move on to my next thing about phones. Okay, well before you do that, we're going to pause the recording because we're going to put in an advert here for another podcast from the uh, on the on the Stoplight Podcast Network where we're going this to. Yeah. So we're going to pause this. You and I aren't going to notice because we're just going to keep on going. But um, the listeners will hear a, a commercial for another podcast and then they'll hear us come back. Okay? Okay. Are you into video games? Well, check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. There's Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam. Whether you love Mario, love Halo, love Crash Bandicoot, or just love some good old-fashioned PC gaming, make sure to check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. These shows are weekly shows where we'll catch up on what we're playing, what uh, news stories are on that platform this week, and much, much more, all revolving around the wonderful world of video games. So check out Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam, right here on the Stoplight Network. And that was quick, wasn't it? And Mm -hmm. here we are. And yet, in podcast land, 
everyone has heard a commercial from another one of the fine podcasts on our network. So isn't that good? So you wanted to move on from talking about fitness and the Apple Watch to talk about uh, iOS applications. And this is a subject that is near and dear to your heart, as I well know. Yeah. From the constant stream of app requests I get all the time uh, saying, can I have this? Can I have that? <laughs> this isn't about the apps yet. This isn't about the apps, right? Are you tell me what it's about. I want to talk about the settings in your fo- in your phone. The I like, settings I in like my the... phone or the setting in your phone. Well, in in everybody's, in everybody's in phone. Ev- okay. In, in any iPhone. Yeah. I I like that you've got all the list at the side, but it's kind of hard to find what you're looking for. So you... so when when you say the list, you're talking about. If you go like, if you're going to general and then general. you've got all right, these things, yeah, accessibility. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, there's an awful lot of stuff in there, isn't there? Yeah, because what if you're trying to find... Maybe you want to put on... Di- maybe if you want to put in a different keyboard, maybe they could have... It's like for the next iOS update, for like yeah. a, or a mini one for the one of the yeah. point version, it could have in the settings a little... A little um Siri, a little microphone button in the top, like a Siri button. Yeah. When you press it, it'll say, "What are you looking for?" Uh huh. And then you can say it, and it takes, and it like it's like a hyperlink. It takes you directly where you want to I go. I know exactly what you mean. But let me show you something here. I've got my Mac here that's recording this show. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I do Apple Space on here, I get Spotlight Search. And this is the search function. And this is kind of like the search function you have on the iPhone, where you can, you know, you can pull down, and then the little search tab appears at the top. But this is for like basically inside the settings. But here, let me show you that your your um, your um, oh, I can't speak now. Your example. There we go. Your example of of a keyboard. Wants to have a different keyboard. So if I type in keyboard on here, you'll see top thing has come up. Keyboard system preferences. And if I press return on that, it opens up system preferences and shows the keyboards. And you see up here in system preferences, there's a search box. If I want to search, say, mouse, you see what it does? It actually is highlighting all the settings that have anything to do with the mouse in. So it's highlighting the mouse icon and also the Bluetooth because you might have a Bluetooth mouse. So Apple's already solved this problem on the but Mac, but on not the Mac. on iOS. So I completely agree with you. I think that the easiest way to do what you want to do is to have the onboard search function on the iPhone and the iPad. In the yeah, settings. Actually be able to search settings as well mm-hmm. as searching all your apps and that sort of thing. You know how to use the search on here, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you know you pull down from the on the on the home screen. Yeah. You pull down. That's it. And there's the search. So that spotlight search, if that was able to search, yeah, so you're typing in keyboard there. If that was able to search your settings as well as all those other things it searches, then that would solve the problem, wouldn't it? And, the, and, pat- yep. and then particularly if you can then re- reorder, I'm not sure if you can do this on the on the iPad, if you can reorder the the way it shows the results, so you could have maybe have the preferences settings come up higher. But it does actually, um, it does actually have a, it does do it in alphabetical order. Yeah, but there, you know, there are some parts of these settings where it doesn't list them in al- al- alphabetical order. For example, if you go into notifications, notifications here, you'll see those aren't in alphabetical order. It's showing all the apps on your iPad there that are going to show you notifications. Mm-hmm. And yet those aren't in alphabetical order. They are in 
whatever order it wants to. Oh, well, it's got a thing at the bottom. You can either sort by time or sort manually, where you can sort them yourselves. What you can't do is sort them alphabetically, which is perhaps the uh, the most reasonable way to do it, because then you might be able to find the particular one you're looking for. And when you've got a very big list on there, that's quite difficult. Yeah, so that's that's other things to be improved. But, you know, the advantage we have is that Apple are constantly improving those. So um, some devices you buy never get any updates. Mm -hmm. Or if updates do come out, they don't work for your device. They, they work for just for the newer ones, and that's a bit annoying. So um, at least we'll think about that. But uh, I don't know. I have I have seen other people online talk about exactly what you've talked about and saying they wish they could find things in their preferences more easily. So we'll, we'll have to see whether um, the next version of iOS, uh, if if it's not in iOS 8 this year, then iOS 9 will be out towards the end of the year. We'll see whether that's something they change. Now, um, when I get a new iOS update yeah. on my phone, on my phone or my iPad, I look because it only... It only explains about the software update. Yeah. Mm. It will only explain like the major things that are gonna happen. Yeah. But when it happens, I'm gonna I look deeply everywhere mm. just to check for even the slightest little change. So in the latest like in iOS eight or something, I don't know which one it was, but I looked into my phone and I found where the ringtones are. And it also has a at, at the bottom. It has vibrations, and now it's got different type. And the thing that I like the most about this, I don't even know if you'd have noticed it. Yeah, it says create new vibration, and you can use your finger to actually create a vibration on your phone. I did not know it did that. So you can make your own vibration vibration pattern. vibration pattern for when your phone rings. So then you can actually have something that's going to warn you. Your phone's ringing, or you've got a new message. That's very cool. Now, I'll tell you something. Apple are doing an awful lot on vib what vibration. Another word for vibration is haptic. Haptic feedback is when, when you touch something, it vibrates to let you know something's happened, okay? Mm -hmm. And so I was in the Apple store the other day looking at the new um, trackpad on the latest, uh, latest MacBooks. It's called a Force mm -hmm. Touchpad, okay? And what it is, is you see here on my MacBook Air, mm -hmm. I've got quite a big piece of glass here that's my trackpad. And as I move my finger on it, that moves the mouse pointer. If I want to click on something, I press on that and you see, you can hear the click. And actually what happens is that piece of glass just drops down slightly to make the click. The thing is, it's only hinged here at the top. So if I click down here, see I'm pressing, it's not doing anything. Because I'm right up to by the hinge. You, you know, if you're pressing on the hinge, it's not going to work, is it? You actually need to click at the bottom to get the best click. What about yeah. a very small spring load? Ah, well, you see, you're already on the same design lines as Apple's engineers because the new one doesn't move at all, okay? The new one called the Force Trackpad doesn't move at all. But when you press it, it knows that you're pressing and it has little electronic motors underneath that make it move, make it bounce to your finger, and it feels like you're clicking it. But then you click it once, and then if you press harder, it clicks again. And then that second click does different things on the Mac. So, for instance, if you're in, um, you're watching a video, mm -hmm. and you click on the thing to, you know, play pause at the bottom, yeah? Mm -hmm. And next, what's next to play pause normally on a, on a video? There's normally a, 
uh, fast forward or rewind. And stop. And stop, yeah. On this new one, if you go to the fast forward button and you click on it, it starts fast forward. If you press harder and it clicks again, it fast forwards more quickly. Yeah? And now all of that is done by those little motors in software because if you actually turn the Mac off, and I actually did this, yeah, and you press the trackpad, it doesn't move at all. It's completely solid. It's part of the Mac. So it's all done by motors, and I reckon over the next year or so, you'll probably find they'll pull that technology into the iPhone and the iPad, so that when you click on something on the iPad, at the moment all you can feel is the glass screen, you'll actually feel a little bit of give, as if it, the glass has moved in, even though it hasn't, it just feels like it has. It's very, very clever, because it feels like it's moving. You would swear, if you didn't know, that it actually was clicking down, but actually it's not moving at all. It's just the way this... They set up these shock waves using these motors in the uh, in the um, in the bottom of the trackpad. Right. So. Um. The next thing before the show, I had a little trouble with my new i with my new iPad case. Yeah. It's got a case with a little flip out at the bottom. Right. And it's a little bit pesky trying to get it out. So, so I think the right. next thing that Apple should do is something called. I've been thinking about this for yeah. like the past few weeks. It's I would call it the eye case. It it has because the most places you're gonna feel is the home button, the off button, and the mic and the mic bit and the volume. So you're well, talking I about think, you're talking about you're talking about the buttons on the side yeah. of the iPad. But yeah. what I'd like to do, like in the places that you're gonna hold, because you it, you're most necessarily to put your hand up. You get you more used to it as you go along. It have two buttons, one that makes the case extend into a stand, the other that pulls it back in, which what, we call... Kind of like a motorised... Kind of like a little motor... It, it's like a motor little case. So, so then so then you don't have trouble if, like, it gets it, it gets stuck or you can't right. open it. Then it'd so be a lot easier. There's a competitor to the iPad called the Microsoft Surface, and that has a built-in kickstand actually built into the metal case. So part of the back actually folds out two or three different angles and I think the latest one actually will do any sort of angle to actually stand it up but the thing is is that how how often do you think people actually want to stand up the device I know you stand well, it up like, to watch video the, well but, yeah you would but would you use it would you use it like I mean you've got it stood up on a case now so um, and the background to this listeners is that um, my daughter Charlotte broke her iPad a few weeks ago she dropped it <laughs> On a pavement uh, floor. She dropped it on the pavement floor and it smashed the screen. Um, and it was in a case, wasn't it? It was in a, kind mm -hmm. of a, you know, one of those leather kind of fold-over cases. But the problem is, is that it, um, I think it slipped out, didn't it? Did it, did it slip out when she no, dropped it? it? No, she dropped it with the uh, cover shot, but it like hit the edge like that. It hit and landed on the corner. Like yeah. I landed and it on the curb. And it didn't have a lot of protection because it, it doesn't have a lot of protection in the corners. It was so, quite thin. So recognise... Now, we, we had the glass replaced and it wasn't terribly expensive actually to have it replaced. It was only about £25 to have the glass done. It was mm -hmm. quite good really. But to avoid this happening again because it did cause quite a lot of concern, didn't it? Um, to... Uh, to Avoid this happening again. We bought new cases for both of you, didn't we? And mm -hmm. Charlotte's one is a very big. Well, it's kind of it's a it's a I could describe it to you, um, viewers. It's like a big. It's like a big pink. It's like pink on the outside, and it's quite hard. So, if you imagine you drop 
you drop you dropped um one of your devices. That case is like it's like a big inflatable marshmallow it is around a bit. It, it, but hardened. I'll tell you what it reminds me of. It, if, you, if you imagine if you imagine the iPad turning into Baymax from Big Hero Six, yeah. it's a bit like that. It's about imagine you plugged an air hose into the bottom of it and inflated a case around the iPad. It looks a little bit like that, but it has a big, nice, easy to hold handle on the top, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So that she can hold it easily, and uh, the hand the handle has a hinge in it, so the handle turns. It's a little bit like the um, the old uh, the original iBook actually. Which also had a handle on the back. Oh. So she can hold it and then she can turn the handle and stand it on its end and it turns into a stand. You Whereas know, the one we got for you, which you, we, we realise that that one is kind of a, you know, it's, it's for, for small children really. So we got one for you that's one of these cases that's, it has softer rubber bits and then it has harder bits that clip over the top. Um, and this is what you're talking about. You have this clip that goes on the side that actually has a built-in stand. But it, it is a bit, Pesky. It's a bit, but yeah, it's not, it's not the smoothest mechanism, but it does the job, doesn't it? And also, the newest things to cases that I've seen, it's got on the bits that you need to defend, like the headphone slot and the charge and the charging bit. It actually folds out, so then if you dropped it, the rubber it'd be like a shock absorber. Yeah. So then you don't damage the bit where you charge it. Well, that's also, And you yeah. don't damage the headphone slot. And that, they slot in. And also, my new case is kind of connected to the home button. Yeah. But there's a little problem. When I want to charge it, I actually have to open it fully or otherwise it bounces. But that also turns the iPad on or activates Siri, which is a little bit of a problem. Well, once you've plugged the cable in, does it do, it doesn't only does that when you first do, first do yeah, it, does it? Which, right, yeah. But it's a I little see what bit you mean. A, You're pulling up on the flap that's over the... Uh, 30 pin connector yeah. and that's pressing on the rubber that's pressing on the home button yeah. but the it, reason they have those flaps on there is that um, it, defend, it defends it, the important parts it, of and the it, and it stops it also stops stuff getting in there you know if you were to spill dust, dust or sand or um, water, the, oh, water. Wa- well water yeah though, it, though it's not really racist it's a waterproof case um, but yeah, I think it's really to stop dirt and, and rubbish getting into those ports and gumming them up really uh, you know, particularly if you throw it in a backpack and your backpacks might have, you know, most kids' backpacks seem to have, for some reason, a, a broken back of, crisp, of, of crisps or biscuits at the bottom of all of them. They must come as standard in all kids' backpacks because every kid's backpack seems to have crumbs in the bottom of it from somewhere. I don't know where they come from. So it stops those crumbs getting into the iPad then, doesn't it? Also, so I, am, I, am I detecting here that perhaps you, you don't like that case so much? No, not really. No, you're not giving it a very good review here. No. No. Because it because I I keep thinking because um viewers just to tell you the volume button the volume buttons and the uh, mute button they're quite close to each other but one of the buttons is really like next to the mute button so it's really hard to like press it so the buttons the buttons are actually underneath the case so yeah protrusions so it, in the case yeah. that you're meant to be able to press to press the buttons but you're saying that that actually pressing that oh i see what you mean so yeah. so one of the buttons is harder to press because it's right up against where right they've, they've got the a cut out for the flap yeah and the flap is for the mute button uh-huh yeah well you know you can you don't actually have to use the buttons you can just Bring up the control center at the bottom of your, at the bottom of the home screen, and then you can adjust the volume there. Can't and, you? Um, you know, you know, you know, you can do that, don't you? Yeah. 
So you've got volume here, look. Uh-huh. See? But and you've also got mute there as well. So you don't actually need to use the buttons if you don't want to. And um, this is for like the really big tech lovers who are also a fan of arcade games. Yeah. I would like to try this soon with my dad. They call it the iCade and you plug in and you have, it's got a port that's also like the charger slot. I don't know if it charges it at the same no, time, it doesn't, but it it's doesn't like have the cable. a mini arc. It'll turn yeah. your iPad into an arcade machine. You download the app, and you got all the old-fashioned yeah. arcade machines. So the iCade that it actually doesn't connect using a cable; it uses Bluetooth. So you don't oh. need to plug a cable in. But you're right. It's like um, it's like the control panel of an old arcade game, isn't it? It's like got a joystick and the buttons. So, and uh, you download the app. I've not tried it yet, but no. I should so, try so it soon. We're, we're moving house, aren't we? So mm-hmm. I'll have to make sure I don't pack that away, and then maybe you can have that. Um, you can have a try on that when we first move that move to the mm-hmm. new house, yeah. Because you do like your games on your iPad, don't you? Yeah. So I think, as we just mentioned, games. I think we should just we should move on to the App Store about now. You were very keen, weren't uh-huh. you, to talk about some of your favourite yes. iOS games. Favourite yeah. iOS games. So, let, think... before you start on that, let me just apologise, because I know some of our listeners are not so interested in listening about games. Sometimes we get feedback from our listeners, they send us email, and uh, there's a couple of them who've said, oh yeah, thanks very much um, you know, for the show, uh, I like it except when you talk about games, but... You know what, games, technology and games are two things that have gone together for pretty much the whole time technology's existed. The first bits of technology get invented, normally the first thing people do after they do whatever they designed it to do is then figure out how to play a game on it. So. But these are like the best games for, if because some of these games are really good for, for children, I'm going to recommend recommend a good few you can mention them to other people and i'm sure as soon as they get it they might i think some of these games are more for children so if yeah you could you you if your child has an ios device some of these games will be right up their street are these your personal recommendations these are my personal recommendations okay so you heard it this is this is true consumer feedback right from the horse's mouth this is a, you, this is better than a focus group this is a one man focus group here so okay so hit me then what's the first one well first of all because if if your child just has the app store you don't know what they're going to be downloading they might even download something that's worth money so it was in iOS 7 or 8, they added something called family sharing. Yeah, it was iOS 8 they Yeah, and you put it, and you put in your um, password, and then, and then as soon as you put it in, it sends a request to your parents, and your parents either authorise or decline the request, which tells you if you can have the app or not. So, one, it controls the apps that you're downloading, and two, you're not spec your child isn't actually spending money which well, is yeah there's another benefit as well because that actually the reason it's called family sharing is it means everyone can share one itunes account so that means that in terms of controlling what you spend that means you know if mummy if, if mummy's on fire on family sharing if she wants to buy an app she doesn't need to use her own itunes account with her own credit card we can just have it all off the one credit card account mm-hmm. so that makes it easier to see how much you're spending uh, and also to uh, to do refunds and that sort of thing, all from the same 
same account so it's also quite a, quite a handy benefit as well that i now i know that some people have tried family sharing and don't think they like it they all like to have their own accounts um and uh so they, they don't do that but uh i mean we, we find it's a pretty good system mm -hmm. don't we yeah. yeah so i think we're gonna go on to my personal favorite apps so we're gonna start with the the lovers of the arcade game of Frogger, if you've heard of it. Mm. They call it Crossy Road. And it's a game where you where you're a little um a person or a, you unlock the you unlock the characters as you go up as you, you start, go on. You start, you start as, a start as a chicken, yeah. yeah, and you swipe and tap the screen to go across the road avoiding cars, jumping in rivers and yeah. move, go on, going on moving logs, and as you go along, it like every couple of hours or couple of minutes, you get a prize box which is worth coins. You also collect coins in the as as you go along, and the coins once you have a hundred, you get a go on the prize machine, and there's a chance that you win a new character. So how many characters have you got for this game? Now? I will check, but I'm going to set the speakers on silent. Okay. Good call. Um, as as they update the game, they have actually put in more characters. Also, there's rare characters as well. Yeah. Which can only be unlocked so, in certain ways. So you're saying that part of the fun of the game is getting all the is trying the different characters because actually yeah. all the characters play pretty much the same way, don't they? No. Well, some of them actually do different stuff. All as right. as if I've not got this one yet, but it's called the poopy pigeon, and it poops in this girl as well. How hilarious! And there's seventy two characters so far. They've added in a couple of updates. There's been um the latest update is was Chinese New Year. They've yeah. added in a couple of new things, and they also had a like Australian update. Yes, yeah, so and can once, see that. You, Koala, once you wombat, dingo, dingo, cockatoo, cockatoo, kookaburra, emu. And and those and they actually you start in like and you start in like a grassy world. Well, it's like, probably like Australia, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and then it turns into Australia. Jeez, yeah. But also in that Australian update, there was a downside where the logs are moving across the water. I've actually added in crocodiles, and if you don't hunt the crocodiles, hey, you get killed instantly by getting eaten. Well, I think that's probably what happens in Australia if you step on a crocodile, so that's probably why they've got that there. Um, so what's, so what, I, what I like about this game, Alexander, is, mm. that, is that it's... it's they've made, The people who made this game have made an awful lot of money out of this. They've made $10 million. Yeah, and they've yeah. actually added in the people... But well, what who I like, made, who, they've got the people who yeah, actually made the game as characters. Yeah, um, there's Ben Weatherhall, Andy Sum, and I've got the other one on my phone. Yeah, but they all do different things. One of them makes cubes, and they fly up and disappear as well. But but when um they get killed, he explodes in lots of little cubes, which is very cool. So, and then there's also one um who. He jumps and like he jumps and makes a red like a red streak, and he also twirls every now and then. But don't you think? And the last one, that yeah. it got all the characters from the game, and as you move, they look at you, yeah. and it's really really creepy. But don't you think it's it's good that they're constantly updating the game? Yeah, so does that make you more, more interested to play? 
Yeah, yeah. because the all other... the characters have a personality. That's right. Like yeah. the Ekidana. Yeah. There's, I'll show you. Um, there's like little black spots everywhere. Yeah. And they're actually a pile of ants. And once you're like two spaces away from them, he licks them up. Because right, what that uh, creature is, the Echidna, and that's the um, that's the anteater. Yeah, yeah, and so every, once you've got 100 coins, you get a Garner prize machine. It's got a little handle, and you pull down the handle, and a little box comes out. I can see that. And, uh-huh. then, and then it randomly offers you a character. Ran- so you've already off- got that one, haven't yeah. you? Right, yeah. Right, okay. But the, but the interesting thing is you've got, yeah, you've got all this stuff here. You've got all these different characters, and yet you've not had to buy any of them, have you? What? The game shows you ads for different games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also, you get 20 coins and you those. get the coins from from playing the game. Uh-huh. So what what I like about this is that a lot of people don't like the, what they call these freemium games, where the game is free to free to to buy, and then you've you, got all you, the in app purchases. You've got all the in app purchases, and you really need to get on in the game. You really need to put some of your own money. A lot of people don't like that because the problem is most of us don't mind paying a little bit for a game. But what they don't want to pay is lots and lots of lots money for a game. Lots of and it and it seems unfair the better you are at the game and the further along you're in it, the more money you have to play. So what I like about Crossy Roads is it hasn't done that. And it shows you can make a lot of money as a developer by making a game like this purely by putting in extra updates, having a fair system to get extras in there. I noticed some of those characters you can't win in the machine, you yeah, have to buy you them. Have, no, no the, you unlock them as you go along. They're called right. the secrets. All I know right. how to unlock all of them. So that, that also gives you an incentive to keep playing because there'll be some characters you can't win. But yeah, and you want you to find get, out. Yeah, you want to find out. So you're getting rewarded for playing the game. It's very clever. And it's uh, to me, I think it's it's a much better way of doing it than purely just... Hitting you in the face as soon as you start saying, well, you could buy your way past this bit, or you could buy more energy, or you could buy more characters. Like, now, that was quite good. So that was that was that's one of the ones you like. So what else? Yeah. What else do you want um, to talk about? Just one more thing. Yeah. Um, about Crossy Road. If you like, really, really want to have to buy the character, they're only about sixty nine p. Yeah. And the second thing, viewers, I don't know if you remember, it was about a year ago now. There was a there was a story on the news. A little boy who had an iPad. He bought a game, and then they got a bill a couple of weeks later for for like about a couple of hundred pa- a couple yeah. of hundred dollars. Yeah, so that's why the that's why we've locked out. That's why we've locked out in app purchases on on your devices and on Charlotte's devices as well, isn't it? And you know what? You know what? I've heard some people have done because you can authorize. You know, when you said to family sharing, you can authorise those yeah. requests using Touch ID. So mm-hmm. I can put my thumb on my phone and authorise your request. So that apparently a few weeks ago, there was uh, a, a, a man, he, he woke up early in the morning and he found his little boy, yeah, had pulled his arm out of bed and had his phone and was trying to put his thumb on it to try and get Touch ID authorised so he could get his in-app purchase while he was asleep. Wow. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> right. Um, so, what else are we going to talk about? What other games? Um, this one's been my favourite ever since I started Family Sharing. It's called My Singing Monsters. Um, my Singing Monsters, yeah. And I will, and I will, just for once, I'm going to play the song because on, you you breed monsters and and they all make a different sound. So it's really a lot of fun. 
it's like once right. you've got the monster, it is quite a quite amount of time waiting for them to hatch, and yeah. you have to breed them as well, which also takes the same amount of time. But once you got them, it's really fun to listen to their different sounds. So they all they all have a different. They all different have a different song, personality. But there's only one thing. Every time you go into the game, there's always going to be an advert. Yeah. So basically, you've just gone into the game, and it's and now it's showing showing a movie for a different game called. I think that fantasy um, MMO. No, no, it is a fantasy MMO um, strategy, but I don't know which game it is. And I think I know what this one is. It's like it's like a. Um, it's, it's like um a Stormfall, Stormfall Rise of Valor. So this 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 is this is what I was just talking about about. You know, that's one of those games, a freemium game, where you really have to pay to get get your way through it. I'm just going to go onto my island. Um, You've just turned the volume off. I know, I'm just going to turn it up once I've just got to... Because you, every day you get a scratch ticket, and you also, once a week, you get a scratch ticket from your nursery, which will instantly hatch a monster for you, which is quite a lot of fun. Just for your reference, listeners... This is when I realise how old I am because I look at this this piece of software on his iPad. I have no idea what's going on with this. I cannot understand it at all. Um, so you earn coins, which um, you grow food that you feed your monsters to level up. Yeah. Um, you have gems which can instantly ha- hatch monsters, and you've got food which you use to level up your monsters. I'm just going to go onto my cold island because it's my favourite. Um, it's it sounds quite very cool. Well, it would do. It's a cold island. So there's all these monsters on the screen. Yeah, and, all and they all make a noise. So I'm just going to play the song. It's go on then. A couple of minutes. So do you do you write the song or do they play? Do no, they, they make the song they up play, themselves. They, well, they play the tunes, and as you get more monsters, it turns into more of a big song. Right, so we're like, so, kind of like adding so, instruments to an orchestra. Yeah, adding instruments to an orchestra. Right. And also, you can put them to sleep, so you can hear their different sounds. And every now and then, they make coins, which you use to get more money, and then... Right. More money equals new islands, by the way. There's a couple of different islands, and they've all got different monsters. So, but so, there's, but so they re- ha- really what you're doing here is, is you're, it's a collection game. It's all about collecting the stuff to get the monsters and hear the results. It's not it's not like you actually got quests or Yeah, you do have quests. You've got goals. Right, and what, what sort of goals would those be? Um, well, it's got all the different monsters. Oh, right. But they've added in a whole load of new monsters... But the only way they're really, really hard to get, so they're like ultra rare, and yeah. and you've got to like um, and you've got to pay gems as well. Right. But gems are really hard to get. You get them every now and then, but it's quite hard to do. So that's a very interesting song that you're playing there. There's somebody it's doing somebody doing a, a a melody there is a little bit out of tune. La la la. Called a furcorn. They've added in every and every now and then. By the way, there's the the rares. Yeah. So the the rare monsters, they um, well, they uh, they look quite a lot different, but they sound the same. Yeah. So they look really different to the normal ones, but they still make the same sound. But yeah. it's quite cool. 
I'm just gonna play one of my last songs. Okay. This one here. So, they all make a different noise, which is quite cool to listen to. This is called the Grass Island. This is my total favourite monster over yeah. here. It's called the Wobox. It's a massive robot. Well, yeah, I see that with a big power source in the middle, and flashing eyes, and he's he's dancing the robot and, uh, as well as being he dances. a robot. Yes. It's quite quite cool and he makes a really cool sound so so i find this interesting because you like to play the Yu-Gi-Oh cards and all of those competitive card games with your friends at school and this is in a little a little bit it's a little bit like that isn't it though mm -hmm. does this have any form of competitive element to it so you don't play against other people with this no this is um it took me ages to do i've this is, i've had this game for around a year so these got... these monsters they're the hardest to get. They're called guards. And what, do you you've got about eight of those there? Yeah. So you, you once you've bred one, then that doesn't mean you can keep planting it. Oh. You need to get more of the same. Well, no, because you can um actually do a because once you've got the breeding code, it's got a little button at the bottom that says repeat. Oh, so right. you can just repeat, repeat, repeat. Oh, he's riffing now. Very good. Well, that's very interesting. I'm sure many of our listeners will have not encountered my singing monsters before. Uh -huh. so it is quite. Um, it's quite addictive, is it? Uh huh. Very good. Um, I've got, I've got a friend of mine called Matt King, and he he get because you have a personal friend code. Yeah. And you you type in the friend code in your friends menu. And you type in the friend code, and then you can add their islands and listen right. to them. Oh, right. So you can hear his. Well, okay. So that's so it's not competitive, but that is uh, that's you know kind of like sharing. Mhm. Mm I see. So do you, do you know these people then? Yeah. No. Well, well. So which ones are his islands? This ones. That that. But I just got a bunch of. I've, there's a bunch because people can come and listen to your islands on a random island. Right. And if they find your island and they click like, they immediately get added to your friend mode. This is what I'm. This is Matt's. This is my favorite one. Right. So, so I take it this game doesn't work if you're not connected to the internet, then. Yeah. Yeah. This this um song has actually been sped up with the time machine. That right. looks like a clock, and you can speed up the way that they sing. See, this is where it starts to get confusing because, to me, I kind of like a game or a piece of software where it has one kind of fundamental core thing to do, and you kind of understand that. The thing about these games that confuses me, and maybe it's because I'm getting old, is that there's so many different variations of how you do anything. Uh, I find it very confusing. So, so yeah, there's lines and lines of monsters all dancing around here, and um, so this is the one your friend created, is it? Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a couple of different islands. This is called the Gold Island. It's quite it because all the islands have a different way to them. The Gold Island is like the slow, relaxing music. It sounds a little bit like this. So I think that's a good piece of music uh -huh. to play the show out on. 
So we're going to do that now. Alexander, thank you very much for joining me for Tech Fan for this week and for standing in for Tim. And um, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed the show, and we will speak to you next week. We're going to play you. We're going to play out with the Gold Island music. <laughs>